All right, everybody, this is a normal introduction. Just a quick um, reminder that this is episode 7.5, the extension of the Michael Angelidis interview, sharing the rest of his background. If you haven't already, make sure to go check out episode 7 so you can hear um, the basic summary of his story and then some of his coaching philosophies. And um, if not, you can go ahead and listen to this now, and you can go back and listen to episode 7 later. Either way works, and... We're going to keep this introduction short and just get rolling into the interview. Episode 7.5 starts now. You should do a podcast about the podcast, right? And you use it to pay for your college tuition, and then you start a podcast network, and you do 10 podcasts every day about the Sonics. I wanted to uh, beat the world with tennis, and I did. We, we all want the same goal. We want to go win that world championship. This is the sports deal. Let's go, boys! So when you're when you're playing as fifteen or sixteen, are you um are you playing with um some older guys too? So is it? Oh yeah, you. Is it um like are you playing with some? I was the youngest guy on the team. Oh, you know the uh, team had. Was uh, it kind of intimidating or? It's you know they kind of take you under their wing a little bit you know it was more of a okay. um, you know you just kind of you know you got to listen i mean that's for sure you can all walk in there and mm-hmm. start you know throwing opinions left and right you got to walk kind of uh grow with a team and and, uh, and it's also smart because you know there, there were guys there that were parents uh, they, they were married uh, you know like here i am uh you know, almost 16, and uh, walking into the the locker room and into practices and all that, and you have guys that are seasoned and uh, they have faith. They're, you know, they're they have life experience, mm-hmm. and it would be kind of, you know, I, I don't think it would be very wise on my part to, to walk in there and, and say, hey, yeah, here I am, I got all the answers. You guys listen to mm-hmm. and that. So it was a uh, there was a, a growth uh, period, and uh, uh, they, they, I'm still looking back fondly in, in the early years because they really helped me uh, understand uh, how to be a part of the team and, and, and how to you know, accept my role and uh, be supportive of, of everything. And uh, it served me well uh, in my life in general and not just in sports yeah while you are, i imagine that... while you are um, playing basketball during that time are you going to school are you kind of like on a mixed schedule where it's more sports basketball focused or how does that work well, yeah you know the the money we were making back then it, it was nice but it wasn't you know all, all my teammates had some other uh, job, you know, they had a, oh, okay. a regular job. And, uh, because while we were getting paid, the money got really good towards uh, my later years, you know, close to. That's when even I made a little bit. But for me, being 16 years old, 17 years old, hey, I was getting paid. And yeah. I was getting paid to play sports. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's so sweet deal. That's such a great it is, and uh, and then I graduated high school, and uh, after I graduated, so yeah, I was still going to school, and I had to do that. And uh, once I graduated high school, um, you know, in in Greece at that time, uh, even now there is a, a big national exam, very similar to what the SAT and the ACT are here in the states. Although for us it was uh, it wasn't a recommendation and what school can take you, it was whether you could go to school or not oh. uh, because education was oh, wow. at that time and they couldn't take everyone. So unless you had the means of going overseas and studying, uh, you wanted to do well. So uh, I uh, got accepted. I passed. Uh, I scored high enough to be. Uh, accepted to uh, the math department at, uh, at the University of, of Patras, which is a city in the south. 
And um, in my first year, I still played uh, in my original club in Thessaloniki, which is north. But then um, uh, for the next three years, I transferred and I played for that other team. And it was uh, really uh, good because they helped me with school and I was able to be more present and uh, then uh, get my math degree while doing that. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then, so you're Mm -hmm. finishing with college and are you looking for math jobs or are you playing basketball still at that time? No, I was still playing basketball, and I was actually um, I, I was kind of uh, very lucky in in a lot of ways. Uh, I started when I moved to Athens. I, you know, I was getting tired of basketball. Uh, I was in my uh, early twenties, mid twenties, if you will, but I I was playing for for a long, long time. Uh, you know, from twelve, uh, and uh, at that time. Um, it wasn't as much fun as it used to be. So I was looking to do some other things with basketball. And uh, I was uh, fortunate enough uh, to be hired by uh, the Greek Basketball Federation. And uh, also I was doing some work for the the Basketball Coaches Association, the National Basketball Coaches Association. And what I did for them, because... um, I always spoke good English even uh, before I came to the States. I did some translations for them. And one of the things that uh, I ended up doing was very uh, important uh, uh, for me because uh, I uh, run a clinic with Coach K. You know, at that time, he was not as well known as mm-hmm. he you know, is now, the, the Hall of Famer and all that. But uh, he came over to Greece, and, and I uh, spent two weeks with him and his wife and a, another coach that, that both of them were doing basketball clinics in Greece. And as we were talking, uh, you know, one time in di- at uh, dinner, I said, you know, I would love to, to, to be able to go to, to the States and, you know, uh, hone on my basketball understanding and, and because I wanted to to become a coach, and uh, and I could not afford to do that on my own. We we didn't have much in the family, you know, that I could just you know come to the states and spend two three years. And uh, so I used my math degree, and and he was very helpful. And I ended up uh, uh, going. Uh, although he was a duke, he helped me, um, and he still is a duke, as you know. Yeah. Uh, he he helped me uh, get uh, an assistantship at uh, North Carolina State, uh, which is you know oh, nice. uh, thirty miles away from Duke. And uh, so what I was, I was doing is I was teaching a couple of undergraduate classes, and I was getting my master's degree in math. And okay. then in the summertime, I would work basketball camps. You know, I would work Duke and NC State and. Uh, UNC and so on uh-huh. and uh, so that was very very important meeting him through basketball and that's what basketball really has done for me it has opened uh, beyond the playing years and so on it has opened some doors for me and and none was as important as that one because uh, it allowed me the opportunity to, to come to, to the United States and then uh, as they say the rest is history I stayed here and <laughs> I made a life here. And this is, that's why you're a Duke. Yeah, and we got you as a teacher. So. <laughs> yes, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Still remember those days. Great, great times. And they, yes, that's why I'm a Duke fan. That's right. Uh, you got to uh, be loyal to the people that have helped you along the way. And uh, mm-hmm. Duke or bust. <laughs> Duke or bust. <laughs> Um, so, like, speaking of sports teams, I remember um, when we were in, in class one day, you mentioned how the uh, the rivalries in, in Greece were a lot more intense than they were here. Yes. Well, the, we, you know, we, uh, when I grew when I started playing, uh, there were, there was only uh, 
one indoor uh, uh, court gym in in uh, in our city. And now I understand this was the second biggest city in, in Greece. So unless you were, and then there were a lot of teams sharing it. Uh, mm. The the priority would always go to the bigger clubs, the clubs that were in the top division, and, and our club was that. But unless you were on the top team, you were practicing outdoors. You know, I mean, we had practice. Oh. Sometimes even if you were on the top team, you would practice outdoors because you could not get in the indoors gym every day because there were a lot of clubs. So mm -hmm. we would, I think, get two or three times a week in the in the really nice uh, facility. I mean, it was 7,000 people. It was really, really nice, but it was only one. Now, you know, as the years went by, more and more indoor uh, gyms started getting built and arenas and so on. But at that time, as I was growing up, uh, yeah, I so, and we had played games outdoors um, in outdoor courts. Like, you know, if, if, if you were to suggest this to kids nowadays, they would just, they wouldn't even know what to do with it. And uh, as you understand, when you're outdoors, I mean, you're exposed to anyone. I mean, it's just like uh, uh, indoors now, they oh, have all kinds of yeah. precautionary things. They they wouldn't let, you know, I mean, they uh, some there were some tough games and, uh, you know, back then, People could bring coins in the gym, and then they would throw the coins at you. And, oh, man. Um, you know, it was hard to land on your head uh, from afar. Yeah. They, you know, as the years went by, they started uh, – that was part of dealing with uh, – you know, and I'm sure you guys have heard this about soccer a lot in, in, in Europe. Uh, at that time, the hooligans, you know, that they would – just go and and their whole approach was kind of to disrupt the the game and they, they were you know they would cause trouble. Well, as years went by, um, the police started searching people, going in the gyms, and they wouldn't be allowed to bring in lighters or uh, coins or things like that, and uh, try to to protect the safety. But there were a lot of uh, tricky situations where, you know, we would have to, uh, uh, <laughs> we had to have people watch our backs while we were playing. So, but, you know, looking Man, back, it's, cutthroat it's over there. part of, yeah. it, it was, and it's still very, it's still yeah. very uh, uh, tough. I mean, even nowadays, um, people, fans of the opposing team are not allowed to visit, to, to travel. Uh, there's no, there are no. Oh, so it would be like it would be um, fans of this day. Only home crowds. Wow. Right. Oh, okay, At that time, okay. yeah. Wow. Because it was getting, it, even after I left Greece, it, it got even worse, and it forced the authorities to kind of enforce a, a no no uh, visiting fans uh, rule, and even to this day. Uh, mm -hmm. The, you don't travel. So, so there's no visiting fans. So would they do that during like? Go ahead. The um, actual games and stuff. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they oh, yeah. they'd you like throw points be, though, and. The, the, oh yeah, there would be the the game would be interrupted, and uh, oh yeah, there would be uh, there would wow. be players in indoors, and uh, uh, but it's kind of. Uh, subsided a little bit uh for safety reasons but there were uh there were uh you know um, injuries and things like that uh, because of that situation so there was a and still is uh, a big advantage things things have gotten a lot better i think people uh you know are a little more respectful and uh you know Understanding and mm -hmm. that this Not is the flight. end of the world, and right, and and you know, still, it's, uh, it's uh, there's some uh, even nowadays there's some unfortunate incidents, especially 
with uh, with soccer in 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 Greece. Yeah. So when you're um say you're playing a big game, right, and you're the away team, and you win in a nail biter, what's the situation like leaving that stadium for you? Um, you got to move fast. You got to get in the locker room <laughs> and uh, and uh, just uh, uh, you know wait there for a little bit. For uh, you know we had situations where. Uh, we won two big games on the road uh, um, in 1980, and both were one was in outdoors, and uh, the other one was indoors. And then what happens? They would bring the uh, when things would get uh, very. But remember now, for you, this is very uh, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe. It. But for us, it was more of okay, this is part of the the experience, right? This is part of the deal. Yeah. And. Um, then you would, they would bring the, if if fans would become unruly, usually the refs would stop the game and ask for special police uh, forces to come uh, to control the crowd. And, and then after the game, uh, you would have to wait a little bit uh, for the, uh, the police to clear the, the stadium and to clear the, uh, the area uh, nearby the stadium uh, so it would be safe to... Uh, get get on the bus and and go and you know once you got out of there, for the most part you were okay, but getting wow. out of the gym could could be testy at times. You just gotta hope you're one of the faster guys on the team. Well, you you just gotta you stay in and then you uh, follow whatever the the police wants you to do and uh, and they usually take care of it and and you just go with. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, it is what it you know. It's one of those uh, like uh, <laughs> you know you you go well. It is what it is. If I'm going to do this, uh, that's how it it happens, and uh, I still want to do it. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> fun times. Yeah, man. Um, so what uh, what league were you in? We were in the top league. We played in the top league. Euro league? Uh, mm-hmm. Pardon? In, in the Euro league? No, at, at that time there uh, there was not Euro league the way it is now. At that time, you would have two European competitions. Uh, what would be the the teams that won the national championship? in their countries and then the teams that won the uh, the cup in their countries which was a second competition and then you would play uh aside from your national championship which at that time really was uh much bigger than it is now now as you're saying connor the euro league has really uh taken the place of the the national country Championships because the Euro League now, it's a league. It's not you don't even need to qualify anymore. There's certain teams that are part of it because of their previous success. Uh, that's where the money is, and all the top, the big clubs want to be there. But we, you know, we were in the top league in, in Greece, and then we would travel overseas. Because we every year we I was there we qualified for some type of uh, European competition and uh, and that was also a lot of fun because you get to travel you get to see other countries you got to to meet people and and remember now we we're talking now in the seventies right uh, transportation transportation was now what it is now um, uh, the internet was not existent. Uh, it's not like you could virtually visit a country and uh, see images and all that stuff. So uh, traveling at that time was really uh, a privilege and, a, and something that I uh, enjoyed thoroughly because I, I love travel, I love uh, geography, and, and for me that was also a big part of uh, the, the whole experience. 
Okay. And not being able to see anything on the internet either. And it's just, you know, you get to see everything with, uh, as it is, I get to explore new things and uh, see new places. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, and you, I can't imagine. You're absolutely right. And, and you don't, yeah, you don't go as a tourist to remember. I mean, you, you go in there to play a basketball game. So you, you go the day before the game and, uh, and then you leave the day after the game. But even, you know, you would have a little time. Uh, you can go uh, sightsee a little bit, uh, go uh, explore a city. And, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was was a lot of fun to, to do that. I mean, it's not like we would go out and about all the time. But uh, even those little glimpses of the, the mm-hmm. cities we would see, uh, it was such a great yeah. cultural experience. experience. A little bit new culture, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that must have been amazing. It was, it was, especially for a young kid like me, you know, traveling. You know, I remember what, how excited I was the first time I got on an airplane. You know, I was uh, 16 years old, and uh, not too many mm-hmm. of my friends had been on an airplane. You know, it was a luxury, a luxury, luxury item back then. Uh, and uh, Greece mm-hmm. is a small country, so you usually would go. Uh, everywhere by car uh, unless you are a sports team and you know or you had a lot of money and uh, for me being on the sports team was the ticket to um, experience some of those things pretty good deal yeah last thing i want to touch on for like before moving over to like the transition to america was the um it says that you won two national titles in 1980 and 1984. And, right. Um, uh, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say I want more background information on that. Just Yeah, it was fun. The, the one was in the uh, 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 1980 was we uh, when I was in college it's, and I, I was playing on the, uh, on, on the team in that town and, and that was when we uh, got promoted to the top division. And um, uh, that was a really uh, very formative experience for me. I was in my early 20s and uh, late teens, early 20s, and uh, experienced uh, success. Uh, and then uh, when I went back to my original club in, in Thessaloniki, where I grew up, and uh, in 1984, uh, we won the, uh, the national championship. That was uh, um, incredible. And what was your role on those teams? I was, well, on the, the 1980 team, I was a starter. I was one of the, uh, the better players. On the 84 team, uh, in the top division, I was like the sixth, seventh man. Uh, there were some, we had some very, very good players and better players. And, uh, um, I was fortunate to be on that team and, uh, you know, feel a role and, uh, uh, you know, just uh, enjoy the experience. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I feel very blessed that I was part of that team and I, I was good enough to make that team and uh, uh, have a small role in, in helping the team succeed. And was there, yeah. um, was there, oh, I was going to say is, for reference, how do those uh, that 1984 team, the competition you're seeing, compare to, say, the NBA at that time? Oh, my goodness. There, there's, there's nothing. There, there's no comparison. You know, I mean, uh, uh, at that time, uh, our best player, uh, uh, the, the best player in Greece at that time, uh, came to, to the States and had a tryout with the Boston Celtics and uh, he was kind of on the cutoff, and uh, uh, that gives you a sense. Now it's it's much different. Um, I still feel that the NBA is is a level above um, everything else in in the world, but uh, the gap has closed. As you see, so many foreign players now in the NBA, so many uh, foreign players uh, at high level colleges, but at that time. Um, the competition I faced, it was nothing like the NBA. Okay. Still pretty good, though. 
decent, yes, pretty good, but in the NBA, you know, especially if you were to compare those years, uh, we're talking about apples and oranges. Okay, okay. So then let's talk about your coaching transition. So when you come to America, you're done playing? I was done playing. I, uh, I came here to, uh, you know, my original goal uh, was to spend a couple of years, uh, get uh, as much of basketball experience as I could, um, and uh, then go back. Uh, that was the, the objective. Uh, I came Go back here. to Greece? Yes. Oh. The, the objective was to uh, become a, a better basketball coach, accumulate knowledge, experiences, and, and then go back and, and you know, try to, to get a job and, uh, and become a coach. Um, you know, and I did have, uh, you know, connections and I played and, and my dad was uh, coached for many, many years. So uh, there were opportunities, there would have been opportunities for me uh, had I chosen to take that route. Uh, and the only way I could be here was using my math degree. So the, the, the math uh, thing was an afterthought. You know, the, the math uh, was the, the way I could fulfill, if, if you will, my goal of being a basketball coach. Mm. Um, becoming a, a math teacher and, and wanting to be good at it, that's something that happened later in life. But uh, that was not originally what I set out to do. And so I came here, I went to North Carolina State University, um, very thankful that they gave me that opportunity. And uh, I got my master's degree in math, but while doing that, everything, like my, my major goal was still to uh, coach basketball. And uh, uh, when I got my degree, I was going to, you know, I I had to either go back to Greece or uh, find a job here because, you know, I was on a student visa and if I didn't have a job, I would have to go back. And again, that's when Coach K really helped me, uh, introduced me to a guy in Chicago at Loyola University. And uh, I went and interviewed and uh, he, he hired me. And um, then that was it. Uh, I got my foot on the door, if you will, and uh, I started focusing on, on basketball. And when uh, was it uh, Loyola, the, the money was not very good. Um, they uh, asked if I wanted to teach a couple of math classes. And it was like freshman classes. Uh, uh, one of them was like introduction to algebra or something like that. And uh, some finite math. So primarily it was uh, math classes for, uh, for students that had to fulfill a math requirement to, to get their degree. So, but uh, it allowed me to stay connected with math and, and then uh, do what I really wanted to do, which was coach basketball. Mm-hmm. And how so you, you kind of used math to, to propel basketball? Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. So, yeah, you just kind of used – yeah. yeah. And it was uh, math. Was I got you. Yeah, that's that's smart. Support myself while pursuing my – what that ultimate dream would be to what you were passionate about basketball, you know, uh, correct. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Well, that's super cool. Yeah. And at that time was your oh, goal man. to be a head coach eventually get it hired by some college? It was a long winding road. What happened is uh, cool. we were not very successful to be honest. And, um, uh, uh, I had an opportunity to, to go somewhere else. Uh, it didn't work out. Uh, part of it is I did not want to move. Uh, and because at that time I had 
uh, Eleanor and I, my, my current wife, we had started uh, being together. Uh, so uh, when that didn't work, uh, I came to different people and, and talking to actually guys that, have, uh, that I have met through being in college and they were high school guys. Uh, and that's really one of the, the, the best advices I ever got. Uh, and I cannot even remember who was that. But somebody said to me, he said, you will be better off uh, coaching high school. Mm. He said, you will enjoy it a lot mm. better than, than college. And uh, so I, at that time, again, with uh, basketball being still the thing that I wanted to do, uh, I started looking at high school opportunities in Chicago. So I was hired, uh, and uh, although I had a master's in math, as you know, there's all kinds of uh, educational classes you need to take to uh, to teach high school. And I did all that mm. and uh, started uh, teaching math and started uh, – coaching basketball and I still I you know looking back I think even my first ooh, I would say 10 or so years of coaching and teaching in high school I never looked at myself as a math teacher I always uh, looked at myself as a as a basketball coach that had to teach math to be able to coach. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that was something that developed. Uh, I remember uh, when I had my first high school uh, evaluation, uh, the vice principal came to me and he said, uh, you're really good at this. And he said, you've really got to hone it. Yeah. And that was the first time that I really thought that well, maybe that's my calling, and and something clicks a little bit, right? Like... And then also the realization, right? Because when you're young, you see things a different way than as you you see them as you grow older, and that was also the for me the beginning of the realization that you know they're really the same thing. Uh, you know, one of them is teaching math, and the other the one is teaching the sport but I had never really yeah. thought of it that way you know I never really thought that teaching math and coaching yeah. in a lot of ways require the same skills uh, you need to yeah, I've never really thought about it that way <laughs> yeah and uh, you know to me that was really the first time that I thought well maybe you know now I can kind of focus on both of them. Um, and, and it was really good for me. It was, uh, I was in my late 20s, early 30s. Um, you know, I was married. And that uh, one of those transformative moments in your life where you go, hmm, maybe that's what it's meant to be. And let's, let's work on that and see where it goes. And... Uh, I'm glad uh, I got that advice. I'm, got, I'm glad I followed that advice. And um, really, um, you know, helped me a lot uh, for the rest of my life. And time frame wise, what, mm -hmm. what time around was this uh, years? Well, I was still in Chicago at that time, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, I, I was... Um, I was, uh, you know, I taught primarily at two uh, Catholic schools while I was in Chicago. One was the Marmion Academy. That was a suburban uh, Catholic school, all boys. And um, I also taught at, uh, at Mount Carmel High School, also an all boys school in, in the city of Chicago. Um, and... Uh, uh, you know, I do to this area, as you, you may know, uh, until 
2006. Oh. Um, and at 2006, uh, if, you know, I was, uh, you know, yeah, 2006 we came. I had already been a, a high school coach for many years. Uh, and uh, the, the only reason we moved to, to Seattle was that my wife uh, got a, a really nice offer from Amazon. Um, and uh, it was uh, too good to pass. And uh, so um, I stayed back in Chicago for, for a year. Uh, while the family had already moved, uh, and uh, I was, you know, I had a really good principal that would allow me to, uh, because it was a private school, I could leave Thursday night and fly here and spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with the family and then uh, go back. And uh, as the first year was winding down and I started looking uh, for job opportunities in, in, in Seattle to to coach and uh, teach, uh, the Kenwood job uh, opened up. Actually, there were a few uh, open jobs at that time, uh, and, but the two that uh, were of more interest to me were uh, Bellevue High School and Kenwood, and I interviewed for both uh, those jobs and. Uh, um, it went well for both those jobs, and uh, um, they, I was offered the, the position to teach math and to be the head basketball coach for both of them. And um, but I thought Kenwood was a place for me. I, I really there was something appealing about Kenwood. There's something appealing about the kids, the um, the, the setup there. And uh, I told my wife, I said, I think. Um, Kenwood is where I want to be, and uh, I never regretted that decision. Uh, it was uh, I spent six years there, and it was uh, six great, great years professionally, personally, uh, in terms of growth as a person. Uh, very, very happy. And then, well, that's, as, that's amazing. As yeah. a um, so you're. you're at this time, you're focusing on basketball and math equally, you'd say? Correct. Okay. Correct. So then while yes, you're, by um, the time I come to... Yeah, by the time I came to Kenwood, that was, uh, that was settled in my mind, right? That I wanted to do well at both. Um, I, I, I was confident that I could be successful in both. And, uh, but, you know, uh, like you were asking me, Connor, before we started, uh, new situation, right? New, not just new high school, new city, new everything. I, I knew nothing about Seattle before my wife got uh, the job. And um, so here I am now in a new high school with new colleagues, um, new everything, new town. And uh, so, but, uh, yeah, I was committed to to do a good job in, in, in both areas at that time, yes. So in basketball, is your main focus then developing your students, uh, your basketball students as people? Well, you know, well, they, the basketball is such a, an interesting uh, thing, you know, and, and sports in general. And there's, there's so many things that go into it, and, and things have changed uh, significantly since the time I was playing uh, and the time I started coaching. It's, it's, uh, it's so much different nowadays. Uh, there's so much more media exposure. Uh, there's so many more influences that when I played, you know, um, the only way you could get news was from the radio or the TV and, um, and uh, the newspapers. Now there's like all these websites and everything, right? That you, you, you all are aware of that because yeah. this is your time. This is right now how sports are. And, and, and I think just like teaching, you know, and, and, and that's when it finally dawned on me that it was the same thing. Uh, yes, you want to be successful. 
In other words, how can you be successful as a teacher? Well, uh, you want your students to, to do well. Uh, if you have some uh, state standards or, uh, or national exams, like the AP exam, um, for example, the, uh, the state exams, well, you want your students to, to do well, and you kind of, you get measured a little bit by that success. But it's also very important, while this is happening, to not lose sight of, of the bigger picture, if you will. And, and the bigger picture is you, you're dealing, especially in high school, um, you, you, you're dealing with, with kids, uh, both uh, boys and girls, that are in an extremely formative time of their lives. Uh, it, it's a lot easier in some ways to teach middle school uh, to, or coach they're, they're easy they, they will listen more they're younger they're still under the you know the spell of the parents and <laughs> you're the, mm -hmm. the authority and they, they will listen to whatever the authority says high school is different um, kids are beginning to develop their own identity um, they, they're going through uh, tremendous struggles of growth uh, uh, puberty uh, uh, self-doubt, uh, all those things, and 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 nowadays, uh, you know, stress uh, and anxiety, things that are, in a, in, up to a degree, caused by this non-stop ex exposure to to social media. So there is mm -hmm. a, a, another very very important role that uh, teachers and coaches have to play, and that is to to make sure that. Uh, while you're trying to accomplish those those goals, uh, we still keep in score, right? I mean, uh, if keeping score was not important in sports, we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Uh, so, but at the same time, it's very important to not neglect uh, the, the 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 picture of the uh, the development of, of of young, in a lot of times fragile souls, you know, and. Uh, that has to be in the back of your of your mind as a, as a teacher. And, and to be honest with you, uh, for me, that growth and realization uh, didn't come until I became a parent. Then you're really beginning to understand parents better. You're beginning to understand kids better. And, and you're beginning to develop a much better perspective about what is important in the big scheme of things, you know, uh, especially for high school. Now, uh, professional sports, you know, uh, it's a different uh, animal. You know, there it's, that is just results. They, you know, you have grown men playing in, uh, in college mm -hmm. too, because college nowadays is such a big business. You know? But yeah. uh, high school is, to me, is the most challenging uh, coaching at teaching level because of the the age uh, of of the students. So did you um, did you prefer that over coaching in uh, at college or? Yes, for me, coach in high school. Once I started coaching in high school, and uh, there's so much more contact to the kids. There's so much more contact with the families. Uh, you 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 feel like you have an impact, you know. You mm -hmm. like in college, you know, they go to class. They're you know they're all the kids that don't, uh, you know, they they have their own ideas already and all that. And and then you see them when you see them, and yeah, you do spend some time together, but uh, nothing like the high school, right? Where uh, you know the kids are always there, and and you there, and and you see them all the time, and and you interact on a daily basis and, um, you know, there's all these activities and, and you can spend time with them and so on. So, yeah, I, I, I right now, I, I love being in high school. I mean, I, you know, the, I'll stop coaching and, and teaching when, in a few years when the 
time to retire again will be for the second yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. And you can hop on full time as a uh, consultant to our podcast. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I hope this thing takes off for you guys. Yeah, thank you. So, real quick, you uh, you were coaching in Kentwood for six years, I think? Four years. Four I years. taught for six. The last two years, I didn't coach, coach anymore. Okay. So, four years, so you went through one class. and Yes. How was it? Because you culminated it in the state title the final year. Well, they're, they're, like everything else, uh, Connor, you, you need to have good players. You, you can't win without good players. So the, our players deserve most of the credit for that. Uh, you know, and, and we had a kid, Josh Smith, that was an excellent high school player. Uh, and it took a little time to, to, uh, for him to become consistent. He was always a good player. And and we were playing some really tough competition. You know, the my first three years there, we went to the state tournament twice. One time we placed uh, seventh. Uh, and then we didn't make it two years in a row. And we lost uh, both years. We lost to, to uh, the eventual runner-up uh, one year to Cambridge and one year to Federal away. And those were extremely good teams. Our district, the years I was there, and then for a few years after that, if you could get out of the district, you your chances of winning state were excellent because the competition was was amazing. And, and my fourth year there, uh, we had to beat Kendridge uh, to, to make it. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, we, we we played an incredible level of basketball in uh, late January and February. And uh, if you had seen us play uh, early January, you, you probably would have thought that we won't even make it to the playoffs. And uh, uh, somehow it all came together. And uh, uh, Josh uh, was incredible. And... Uh, the boys in general were incredible, and they uh, they took us to the state championship. Wow! Of course, that takes some some focus. Yeah, it was. Uh, you focus. Know, um, it, it does, and and for me, you know, I always thought that you know, players play, coaches coach, and you can't mm. win without players. Yeah. And, uh, all the credit to them. Yeah, and they have to have the motivation to, yeah, to do it. Because that's a lot of dedication. Yeah, there's a lot to, of things uh, in that. To improve know. that quickly, like you're saying. Well, it was it was a matter of of finally saying, you know, we're we're good and we're not playing as well as we should be playing. And let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, once we did, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was great. It was really, really great. As yeah. a coach, though, you have a role in that, definitely. Because as you're saying, as high schoolers, we're in our formative years with um, self-doubt. So how did you help push that team to overcome their doubt and believe in themselves? Well, for me, it was a matter of, of you know, I especially in – I used to, for me, the, the, the most important thing I did with that team was I relaxed and almost took an approach that, you know what, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Because I used to, used to put a lot of pressure on myself. And as a result, I used to put a lot of pressure on the, on the, on the kids. It was like, you know, because I knew we're, we were good. Mm-hmm. I knew we were good, and we were playing really well. And uh, thank goodness back then, and still now it is. Uh, there was a double elimination uh, kind of uh, racket, and and we we run through uh, the league playoffs, and we run through the regional, and uh, played uh, uh, 
uh, a winner to state, loser to the, uh, you know, loser's bracket game against Decatur. I remember it as it was now, and we had played Decatur in the league playoffs, not even a week before that, and we had beat them by 25. And it was, you know, it was one of those games that you're afraid uh, that something bad might happen, and it didn't. It did. We, we didn't play well at all. At all. Mm-hmm. Um, they played very well, and we lost a close game. And now we had to go uh, win two elimination games. And and I think after the Decatur game, I remember meeting in the gym on Saturday morning. We we had lost the game on, on Friday. And, and I think the best thing I did for that team was to, to just say, you know, we're going to win this. There's no doubt. Just relax. I'm going to relax. We are not going to worry about it. Uh, we know we're going to win this. And it was more like uh, a self-pep talk, but it was also for the team. And uh, it really allowed the boys to kind of, relax a little bit and uh, uh, you know and then we we, yeah. we played so well um, for you know we won the two loser out games um, and uh, and then we went to the state tournament uh, we won every game in the state tournament. our average margin of victory in the state tournament was 17 points uh, wow. we, we we really we played at a different level. It was uh, yeah. it was incredible to see, yeah. and it was, you know, that's my the only thing I would say I I help is to help them relax, uh, not mm-hmm. not feel the, the the pressure of you know we should be there, we should win this, and uh, when that happened is uh, yeah played really well. So, do you think a lot of it has to do with like mentality then, or? Well, uh, every you know, sports are mm-hmm. mental. There's no doubt that the uh, the element is uh, it's three to one for me, physical. To yeah, play. yeah. Uh, I always felt that the the mental was the the most important part. If you can conquer that one, um, the, mm-hmm. the physical will follow. Yeah. So yeah, and that's it, the hardest it, one to conquer. <laughs> it, it is because there's there's so many things, and you know, there's so many influences. And uh, mm-hmm. kids nowadays, uh, they, you know, a kid walks out of the game uh, and gets in the car um, and he's going to get the parents' opinions. And then uh, his buddies, you know, they, they'll have an opinion. And, uh, you know, uh, it, so they, they get all these messages, right? There's, there's a, a variety of messages that kids nowadays get. And, and uh uh, you, you have to be able to help them navigate the important from the unimportant. You know, a lot of time you'll hear people talk about the noise, right? Mm-hmm. Block the noise, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that, okay, don't listen to unimportant things. Just focus on, on what's important. And, and I think this is the, the challenge nowadays. Coaches not right now need to be... Uh, Nowadays, need to be psychiatrists more than anything else. Psychologists, <laughs> therapists, yeah. Psychologists to to be able to to help kids in in those areas, um, and not just the the skills and the, and the uh, understanding of the game, but more uh, understanding about themselves, understanding about uh, life, and where do they. How do they fit in that thing? Because kids nowadays have bigger questions than just basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the time when you were doing uh, on that that final year, there was a bunch of noise, or I don't know how much noise there was, but some noise for uh, Josh Smith because he was a very highly touted recruit. So how did you deal with that? Going yeah, on. it came to a head. You know, Josh was a very, very talented player, and, and since his freshman year, uh, we had uh, uh, so many people come and watch him play. I mean, I remember um, uh, I was kidding with uh, Lorenzo Romar. You know, at that time, he was the coach at UW, and I used to 
laugh with him because he's such a great unpretentious guy that he he, he never you never felt that he was big timing you but I used to kid with him and I used to say you have watched more games of our team than I have and he was like almost that I want to say he watched 10 games of our team since Josh's freshman year and then of course Josh decided to go to uh, uh, UCLA originally but um, yeah it came to uh, there was a, a there were a couple of things that eventually we had to say and uh, to address that and, and uh, for uh, everybody to get on the same page because uh, it's easy and, and Josh was a really good kid. Uh, I, I want to tell you, Josh was such a, an unpretentious kid. Uh, my kids love Josh. Uh, he would come and, and play with them at the house when we had the kids over and all that. And, and he was really uh, a pleasure to have around. But, you know, it gets to your head a little bit, right? It, it, it really... You got some of the top colleges, college coaches in the country, you know, uh, UCLA, UW, uh, Texas at that time, others that inquired about him. And uh, it's, it's hard not to, to be influenced and, and maybe think you're a little better than uh, what you are. So uh, eventually we had to have a conversation, and we did, and, and Josh took it really well, and uh, uh, then we moved on. Hmm. Did you have to um, do that with the other players as well? Did they feel under, I don't know how to phrase it, how, did they feel like they were kind of not in the spotlight because of him, or was that never an issue? Well, not really. It was more of a context of, of what's important for the team here, how, how are we going to handle this as a team and, and to allow us to move forward. And... Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't like this against this or that against that. It was more, okay, this is the situation. We, we have this. And, Josh, how can you handle it better? Team, how can we handle it better? And, and uh, it was a really good, I mean, it was an animated conversation, but it was a good conversation. Um, and it, it really settled everybody down. And, uh, and, and, and those were the, the important moments that nobody knows. You know, those, those moments where you, you don't have a practice, but you have a team meeting and things are said and, and then the team moves forward. And, and it, it was never about the, uh, the X's and the no O's. It was more about the, you know, hey, Let's let's get this right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on from that, so you, after uh, you finished up with Kentwood, you came over to Kent Lake. No, after Kentwood, we uh, our family. Uh, the reason I left Kentwood as a teacher was that uh, we uh, we moved to Europe. Uh, my wife uh, uh, had an opportunity with Amazon to be in Europe for a year or two. And we thought it would be a great experience for our kids. Um, And uh, uh, that was the reason I I left. And uh, uh, I left as a teacher. But my last two years at Kenwood, I had already started coaching uh, AAU. uh, And because I just love the game, I just it was time for me to uh, to move from the high school uh, level of coaching, and, and uh, an opportunity presented itself to to coach AAU, and uh, um, you know I, I took it. Yeah. Ken Lay came later because of uh, my association with uh, uh, at that time the principal at Ken Lake. Um, Mr. Uh, Dr. Potts, and um, a, a totally uh, counter, uh, totally uh, lucky encounter. I, I, I was at Ken Lake for a basketball tournament, and he saw me and 
we started talking and uh, one thing led to another and there I was back teaching. Okay, so you left Kentwood in 2012. I left Kentwood in 2012. And then you were in Europe for two years. For two years, that is correct. And then you came back here. Correct. I did not, you know, when I, we came back, I was doing some uh, tutoring, uh, part-time uh, teaching and coaching basketball primarily. I, and I really um, didn't see myself going back to the classroom, I thought, you know. And, and like I said to you guys, I, I think I've been extremely lucky in my life to, to have met some really great people. And, and they have helped me tremendously. And, and I remember, uh, you know, my wife would always uh, kind of needle me and say, you know, you need to be in the classroom. You love the classroom. Uh, kids enjoy having you as a teacher. You know, but I thought, you know, maybe it's time to, to hang it up. And I remember when I met, uh, when I ran into uh, Dr. Potts, uh, it was like, talking to my wife, he said the same thing. And he said, it's, it's, it's crazy that you don't, you know, he said, you need to be in a classroom. You, you should do it. And uh, he really actually, cause I thought with, uh, I had to redo my certificate and all that. And he researched it. And it turns out uh, I didn't have to, I had an extension because I was uh, <laughs> overseas and, uh, I remember him calling me because I, I thought it was uh, it wasn't happening because I wasn't going to go through you know an a, an entire uh, reaccreditation process you know I, I you know that I did when I was 30 25 30 years younger mm-hmm. and uh, then he I remember him calling me and going you don't have to do all that it's much easier now and you have two years to do it. I uh, wanted to come and, and teach, and uh, yeah, and and I'm glad I listened to him. And, uh, and like I said, uh, you know, I've been uh, I have I've been smart enough to listen to people, especially people that I respect and and I think um, you know what they're talking about. But I was also very lucky to meet some some really good people that have helped me so much along the way. Yeah. It's quite a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, when did the, was it the Global Basketball Club, when did that come up? When did you decide to start? That happened, um, uh, we started, this would have been our fourth uh, summer, so uh, 2016. Um, wow, that's recent. Yeah, that was the... Um, uh, when did I, 2014, I think I came to, I think it was the same year I came to Kent Lake. Yeah. Uh, or maybe one year after that, a year after I came to Kent Lake. Uh, one year, yeah, because I had started, that's how I ran into Dr. Potts. I had started uh, Global and we were playing in a tournament down at Kent Lake and, and Dr. Potts was there watching his son play. And that's, yeah, so I came, 2016, I started Global, and in 2017, I, I came down to Kenley. And what's Global been like compared to coaching in high school or AAU? Well, it's it's a little, it's it's different, you know, obviously there is a pay-to-play kind of setup. Kids have to pay fees to um, uh, participate, but we, we run it. Uh, very much uh, like a high school program, um, we we are kind of we're very picky about the kids we we select. Uh, we uh, we really uh, very tuned into um, are they good kids? Uh, will they listen? Will they be good teammates and all that? Um, and for me, the the other thing is, I'm my own boss, right? So for me, it's it's a lot easier uh, to to do uh, the things I want to do, 
and run it exactly the way I want to run it because I'm my own boss. And uh, so that is also different. Although, you know, I never really had big uh, issues with administrators. I, for the most part, we always got well, along well, yeah. There's a lot more freedom in um, in a program you made yourself too. Yeah. It is. It is also, you know, it allows, we, we keeping it small because mm. I still want that connection. I want to know the kids. I want to know the families uh, because just like we, we talked about a little bit, um, I just, uh, you know, there's it, a bigger picture here. And it's not just mm-hmm. about winning and it's not about, uh, points and rebounds. It's more about uh, hey, let's help these kids get better. Yeah, yeah. Long-term winning. So, yeah. <laughs> you made it through our first extended interview episode, episode seven point five. Not much else to say here except stay tuned. We've got Casty Woods, Wazoo wide receiver, coming on the show for the episode that should be dropping on Tuesday. And then we have uh, Zach Scott, Mr. Sounder, coming up for episode nine, I believe. So, yeah, stay tuned. Sports Neil Nation, peace out. Sports Needle. Let's go, boys!